Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and you can find us on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We got 99 problems. A Chris ain't one. A Chris might be one today, though Mike Wells, because Amber Wilson and Mike Wells, we are filling in for the guys, taking you up until 7 o'clock Eastern. You can tweet to both of us at Amber W Sports. That's me, at Mike Wells NFL. That is him. You can also always join the conversation on the CC call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. So the big breaking news in the NFL over the last 24 hours from our very own Adam Schefter is that Kyler Murray finally got his deal from the Arizona Cardinals. He doesn't have to delete his Instagram anymore. We know that (laughs) Kyler Murray is locked in to the Cardinals for the next five years. He got a five-year $230.5 million deal that includes, Mike Wells, $160 guaranteed million, which must be nice, according to sources. It gives Murray the second highest paid quarterback average at $46.1 million per year. That is second only to the Aaron Rodgers. Now, I mentioned the deleted Instagram post from Kyler Murray, where some time ago when we know that Kyler wanted this deal and it wasn't coming quickly enough, apparently, from the Arizona Cardinals, he had scrubbed his Instagram of basically everything except for him with the Heisman and him in a Pro Bowl. And he had taken anything Arizona Cardinals related off of his Instagram. And you know kids these days, right? It's 2022. But a lot of people, Mike, said Kyler's immature because of the tactic that he's used here to try to facilitate getting this deal done. It's something that we also heard in season about Kyler Murray. Maybe there's maturity issues there. There's concerns about the leadership inside the locker room. Maybe that's why Arizona didn't want to pony up and give him a new deal. And now a player that maybe has an immaturity concerns just got paid, like the second highest paid quarterback in at the NFL. Mm-hmm, man. Oh, boy, because you don't all of a sudden become uh, mature overnight. <laughs> uh, clearly, there were issues inside the locker room, and people were questioning his leadership ability. You know, Josh Whitefist, who covers the uh, Arizona Cardinals for ESPN, has a great story up now on the uh, website. And one point he made about why the Cardinals had to give Kyler Murray that type of money is because they have lacked stability and longevity at that position for the longest time since they moved to Arizona in 1988. Jake Plummer, in that time span, played six seasons with the Cardinals. That's the longest any quarterback has. Carson Palmer and Kurt Warner only played five seasons each. Uh, the biggest difference between those three and Murray, outside of talent, I think I would take Murray as far as the talent standpoint, is that all three of those quarterbacks were mature. Now, can Kyler Murray grow up, or is money going to make him even more of a little rotten little turd at times inside the locker room and rub his teammates the wrong way. If that's going to be the case, Arizona's going to be like, oh, my God, we did this. Now we have to find another quarterback because Kyler did not grow up the way we thought he would from a maturity standpoint. Well, let's hear from one of his teammates. Kelvin Beecham, a Cardinals offensive tackle. He was on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max back on March 22nd. So this was some from t- some time ago. But, of course, he was asked about these maturity rumors that constantly surround his quarterback. As it pertains to Kyler on the field, he loves to be competitive. He loves to lead. Um, and I think he's continuing to mature. Um, he's matured since I've gotten here, and that was in 2020. Um, I can see that maturation continuing to happen, the way in which uh, he spends time with his teammates, 
um, outside of the building, uh, the way in which uh, he's asking more uh, of his teammates, the way in which he's spending more time in the film room with the coaches. Uh, he's maturing. Um, he still has a ways to go, uh, but he start, he's, he's really starting to, to turn that corner of maturing and being uh, the franchise leader uh, that I think we all want to see. So the interesting part of that soundbite from Kelvin Beecham, Beecham might be the part where he says he still has a way to go when he's talking about Kyler Murray's maturity, right? Because otherwise, Beecham says all the right things, all the things that we'd expect from uh, one of the guys tasked with protecting Kyler Murray. But he says he still has a ways to go. And do you pay a quarterback like the second highest paid quarterback per annual in the NFL if you feel like he still has a ways to go in terms of maturity. Now, I will say this. Beecham is 33 years old. Kyler Murray is 24 years old, right? So Beecham's almost 10 years older than Kyler Murray. And maybe it's just that. He's like, hey, everybody has a ways to go when they're only 24, right? But ah, it hits different now with this contract. Well, I, I tell you, I, I got to say, you know, as Beecham was talking in, in that soundbite, I was like, oh, okay, this is just a teammate, a teammate protecting a teammate, as, you know, with Jay. So many guys do that. But when he said he has a ways to go, I'm like, ooh, we, okay. That's, that's what, that's the alarming part out of it. And, you know, you and I have been around sports for a long time. We've, you know, whether it's covered or watching it. And when is the last time somebody who had character issues, maturity wise or whatnot, got paid and then all of a sudden said, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and grow up. I'm not going to be that guy who rubs my teammates the wrong way, rubs the, uh, the, uh, coaching staff the wrong way. I can't recall that happening. Usually somebody grows up first to prove that he can be, he can handle those type of things and then he gets paid. This was the other way around. And I'm not sold it's going to, we're going to see the better of Kyler Murray. I hope that's the case, but I'm not 100% sold that's going to be able to happen. Yeah, this wasn't sort of the natural order of things, I suppose, where you want the guy to then get paid, right? But. You have to pay him when you have to pay him, when his deal's up. And with Kyler, they had exercised his fifth-year option going into the final deal, final year of the deal. I mean, we knew that they were going to end up having to cough up the money. Because like you talked about before, it's the stability of that position. And then also, how do you pivot and get better than Kyler Murray? Like, let's also talk about that component. Could you find somebody more mature? Sure. But is the more mature candidate going to have a bigger upside than Kyler Murray potentially has at 24 years old. So in part, that is what you're paying for, right? You're paying for this talent that you have seen and knowing that there may be still a learning curve. And yes, you would prefer to be able to wait for that learning curve to be fully matured and accomplished before you hand him a guaranteed millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars. But it doesn't always work like that, the way that these contracts run. And you have to pony up when you can pony up in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's Cardinals are in a no-win situation. That's, that's just the, that's the, the nuts and bolts of it all is that they were in a no-win situation because of they went out and, you know, traded away Josh Rosen, who, you know, was not going to be that guy and took Kyler Murray with the number one overall pick. So, they they were in a position like, hey, we gotta pay, we gotta pay this young man, we gotta get him his money because we need to have a guy we're gonna be able to turn to and be the one who hopefully can lead us further in the playoffs in the NFC and try to get a Super Bowl down there in Arizona. Uh, we don't know if that's gonna happen, but they they have Kyler Murray's got the keys to the car 
because they have, you know, especially when DeAndre Hopkins comes back from his suspension, AJ Green down there, they have guys down there where they can compete in the NFC West. But if Kyler Murray doesn't grow up off the football field and on the football, especially football field late in the season, it's going to be a tough go for the Cardinals. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance, a triple threat of protection with home, auto, and more. Visit Progressive.com. So we've talked about James Harden's deal. We've talked about Kyler Murray's deal. Uh, Not the only historic deals that have been given out in the world of sports. I'll explain next. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Sorts of new deals around the world of sports in the last couple of days, but it's not just for players. This is Canty and Garland, Amber Wilson and Mike Wells filling in for the guys. So we talked about the Kyler Murray deal. We talked about the James Harden deal. What we haven't gotten to yet is the Kirby Smart deal, Mike, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. And Kirby Smart agreed to a new 10-year, $112.5 million contract that makes him the highest paid coach in all of college football. That, of course, comes off of a national championship win. Georgia's first in many decades, snapping that oh-so-important streak to the Georgia Bulldogs. And a lot of people don't probably have a problem with Kirby getting a big deal from Georgia at this point, right? Like, he did just prove his worth by winning a national championship there. But it's the size of the deal in the era that we're living in that brings an interesting angle to this. First, Mike, are you surprised at 112 and a half for 10 years? Like they just signed up for a whole lot of Kirby Smart in Georgia. No, hey, listen, you you got to get in. You got to get it while you can. And for Kirby to go out and knock off the big bad boys from Alabama in the national title game um, after losing to them in the SEC championship game. It's perfect time to do it. It's been so long since Georgia had won a title. So make sure basically the Georgia athletic folks and the president of the university did everything possible to make sure Kirby is set and averaging, you know, over 11, over 11 million a year for the next 10 years to put him in a position where he's going to be their coach for the long, for the long haul. So, Hey, uh, I, I'm not mad at Kirby for getting his money. And, you know, he's like, don't forget about me. I know Kyler got paid today too, but I also got my hefty new contract along the way. 
Yeah, let's not forget about that. So in Athens, uh, things are looking pretty up for the coaching staff anyways, and things are looking pretty up for the Georgia Bulldogs just in terms of they've got their guy locked in, and they know Kirby Smart's probably committed to them. He's probably not going anywhere. Listen, these monster contracts don't always mean your coach is staying forever, but... It seems like the grass is uh, the future for the Georgia Bulldogs anyways looks pretty green uh, in terms of that grass. So he gets paid. What's interesting, though, about this is that he seems to have an issue with the players getting paid through name, image and likeness, at least at the rate that they're getting paid and how quickly it has all changed. Now, Kirby Smart is not the only coach with this issue by any means, Mike Wells. But Kirby did have some interesting things to say at the Texas High School Coaches Association convention about NIL. He said, what I can't accept is some young men getting $10,000 a month for four years or three years of college. That's $120,000 a year. What do you think he's doing with that? Is that actually going to make him more successful in life? Because I promise you, if you handed me $10,000 a month my freshman year of college, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. I believe that, he said. Uh, He went on to say it's a reverse system out there right now where the bottom is coming in and it gets rewarded more than the top going out, and that's a bit tough. We know it's a changing landscape in college football. I understand these coaches having a hard time adjusting. I don't even, frankly, fault them for that because it's such a quickly changing landscape in college football. And obviously these guys, like the Nick Sabans of the world, and now, hey, Kirby Smart, because you just saw the success that he had, and he had the success that he had in, in a new era here, but it wasn't from the new era, right? Like he's just navigating NIL like everybody else in the college landscape, and maybe it threatens the success because it certainly changes the game in terms of recruiting. I don't have a problem with these guys having a hard time adjusting that have been in college football for decades. But I will say those quotes hit different now that Kirby just got 112 and a half million bucks. And he's complaining about a kid, kid, air quotes, kid, adult, by the way, but, you know, 20 year old making 120 grand a year. Listen, one of the reasons, a big reason why Kirby got that $112.5 million contract over the next 10 years is because of those same football players, the ones who helped him get victory after victory after victory. And Kirby made the comment about, hey, you know, you know who knows what they're going to do with that $10,000 a month. If, I'm, if I am a college athlete and I'm getting into 10000 a month, I'm going to bust my butt to want to get to the next level to the professional level so I can get even more than $10,000 a month. But when you, for you to make a for Kirby smart or any other coach to make a comment about not being a fan of the NIL and these players getting paid, the reason why these coaches are in a position to have success, why their win loss record is so darn good. It's because of those kids busting their butts when they weren't getting very much money to be able to survive on outside of the scholarship to be on campus it's because of those players that Kirby is getting that type that, that that long-term contract. So don't sit there and moan and groan and complain and you know be greedy and just worry about yourself. Let these players get theirs too because they've earned it. I'll say it's a symbiotic relationship, right? It's not just the players making Kirby rich, but it is also Kirby helping the players now as they elevate also their stature and they get paid through name, image, and likeness. Yes, it's not a pay-for-play direct system, but certainly you're seeing it with NIL deals all around the country. And listen, with Booster Collectives, it feels like a pay-for-play. But anyway, any source that it's coming from, you're seeing it with NIL. Mike, it matters who you are and how good you are at college football because, of course, it does. And so, yes, the guy who is the star quarterback 
back. The CJ Strouds of the world, you know, the the huge names are going to get paid more in NIL than the guy who's the 30th guy in the roster that maybe you're not as familiar with. And that is how it works. And so, yes, being in Kirby's system, you have more of an opportunity probably to be seen uh, to win a national championship. It probably does help you in terms of your NIL deal. So it's a symbiotic relationship. But certainly he's benefiting from these kids as well in what they're doing for him on the field and then complaining about them benefiting in the same way that he's benefiting, but they're benefiting to a much lesser extent financially. What I will say about this that annoys me so much about those quotes, actually, is this idea that college students shouldn't get paid because they're not going to do the right thing with the money, most likely, is such hogwash to me. We don't say it about college kids in any other capacity or 20-year-olds in any other capacity. First of all, who's the person with the 21-year-old in the NBA saying they shouldn't get paid because they're not going to be able to handle getting paid? I mean, there's not a player in the NBA that doesn't get paid handsomely. Like, he's talking about $10,000 a month. Look at minimum salaries in the NBA. Like, come on. And those dudes are super young. But also just YouTube stars, anybody out there working at 20 years old in college. I know you and I are are old, Mike Wells. We roll our (laughs) eyes. The YouTube star generation. But listen, a lot of them are young. Some of them are in college. They can be out there making millions of dollars. We're not like, oh, well, they're not going to do the right thing. They're not going to invest it properly in their 401k, so they shouldn't be able to earn it. Like, what What are we talking about? First of all, there are plenty of, of young people who do do the right thing, frankly, with their money. But even if they didn't, even if they blew it, it is not a reason who cares? to not pay them it. Yeah. It's their responsibility to figure out what to do with it and put the right people around them. It is absolutely not the responsibility of the system in any way, whether it's name, image, and likeness or a pay-for-play system, to decide they're not going to fairly compensate you because they're afraid you're not going to be able to handle the compensation. There are plenty of people Kirby Smart's age also who can't handle the compensation. Let's be Ooh, we look at look at my girl Amber with the mic drop on that one right there. And by the way, those people in Kirby, you know, uh, in Kirby's age are older than Amber and I. So look at that mic drop. Mm-hmm. The reality is, stay out of those young those young players' pockets. Yes, don't worry about what they do. Stay out their pockets. You focus on your pockets, Kirby, and enjoy your money. And they're going to enjoy their money, whether they're going to blow it on you know buying you know the latest iPhone or the next place or whatever it is, it's their money. They can do whatever they want. Many of the players, I'm sure, are going to be smart and try to save up because they know they may not make it to the professional ranks. But if they don't want to do that, who cares? It's the same thing with actual professional athletes, right? I mean, we see them come into millions of dollars when they're incredibly young. And some of them handle it well and some of them don't. But nobody says, hey, we shouldn't pay them the money because they might not handle it well. All you can do is provide them the resources. You try to provide them the education through the players associations and everything else that you get when you're a rook coming into any of the leagues. It can be the same thing when it comes to these student athletes as well. The road to a rematch is on as bantamweight champ Juliana Pena and former champ Amanda Nunez go head to head as coaches on the historic 30th season of The Ultimate Fighter. Stream the series now exclusively on ES. ESPN Plus. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com. Coming up next, the big breaking news this afternoon is Kyler Murray's deal still, though, not Kirby Smart. So what does it mean for a former MVP looking for his bag? That's next. This is Canty and Carlin.
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. So there you have it. Kyler Murray, he got paid. I guess scrubbing your Instagram account works to the tune of $230.5 million. $160 million of that being guaranteed. This is Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson, and Mike Wells filling in for the guys. Canty and Carlin is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So to unpack the Kyler Murray extension and all things NFL, we bring in Kimberly A. Martin, ESPN NFL reporter. And coming off of the Kyler news, Kimberly, I saw you tweet out shooting your shot, and I don't blame you at Lamar Jackson asking if you can be Lamar Jackson's agent. Are we going to lose you here at ESPN because you've got a new game? Listen, I, I love you guys, but if Lamar lets me negotiate his contract, I am out, okay? I am gone, like, leaving ESPN for good. Um, no, you know what? That honestly was my first reaction when I saw the news about Kyler Murray. And it's not telling, because my whole thing is, if Kyler Murray, who, who there are questions about leadership, and you heard, you know, the sounds that you're playing, Bart clearly is all on that. Um, but there are questions about character leadership before the draft, when he was drafted, since he's been in Arizona. If he's going to get that much money, uh, not just guaranteed, but that annual value, uh, second only to Aaron Rodgers. My goodness, Lamar Jackson, you talk about a guy that's, that coaches always say, oh, he does the right thing. He's all about the team. He is a team guy, not selfish. Lamar Jackson is the type of player and man that you want to see get paid not because i'm a raven fan but because when you see guys that will do anything they can for their team and and you want him to get taken care of and lamar is not the scrub the social media scrub the team from a social media feed type um he's very focused on 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 work and even when i i've bugged everybody in the ravens all off season like why is this not getting done Everyone around the league, the thing that I've always been told is Lamar Jackson is a guy right now who's focused on getting better, getting healthier, getting stronger, getting faster, and focusing on the game because he believes he can deliver a Super Bowl to Baltimore again. And that is his focus, not getting paid. But you know me, it's about dollars and cents. So if I can negotiate a deal, man, please hire me today, Lamar. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, Kimberly, if you're about to be Lamar's agent, I'm about to be your assistant. I'm hiring myself, girl. I am hiring myself to come on with you. We all can eat off of that deal that he gets because he should get paid more than any of these guys. Exactly. So now that Kyler's done and Lamar's next in line, could, do you think with the uh, the new uh, Murray deal 
that Lamar's deal could get done even quicker now, speed up the process, because now the Ravens know that, hey, Lamar's a better quarterback than Kyler, and he doesn't have the off-the-field um, issues, the question marks that Kyler has as far as the locker room goes, that maybe they say, hey, you know what, let's just get this deal taken care of, make sure our franchise quarterback is taken care of? You know, it's, it's a great question. It's a question that I was just asked when I was on NFL Live. Here's the thing. The Ravens have wanted to pay Lamar. It's Lamar who sort of said, you know what, let me just focus on my off-season training, right? I, I'm just locked in on trying to get better. So the Ravens didn't need Kyler Murray to sign today to say, ooh, hey, check that watch. Now I think it's about time we lock this kid up. They have been trying to. And I'm telling you, because the longer – it's funny – we keep saying, like, Lamar has to sign right away. The fact that he hasn't signed right away has actually been his best negotiating tactic. He's not focused on the money right now, but we are. We are in his pockets trying to count all this change for him. But I don't think you needed Kyler's deal to sort of spur action. This is something the Ravens have wanted to get done. The question is, does it change Lamar's focus? I don't know. I don't think so, only because... Deshaun Watson's deal, that's the outlier. That's the deal where NFL GMs were telling me, you know what? If I was Lamar Jackson, I would just write 230 guarantee on a piece of paper and slide it across the table and say, that's where we start. But Lamar is not built like that. He's already said he doesn't care about what Deshaun is making, all these guys. It's about him and what he's, try- what he's focused on, which is trying to win football games this season. I think a lot of us would just would prefer to see him locked up, get paid before he steps onto the field. Kimberly A. Martin, ESPN NFL reporting uh, reporter, joining us here on Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson, and Mike Wells filling in for the guys. So, Kimberly, uh, the Kyler extension was the breaking news that we got from Adam Schefter most recently, but he had some other breaking news yesterday when I was on air mm-hmm. regarding Jimmy Garoppolo. Now he his agents have gotten the word that they can start exploring trade options for him. What's the best landing spot for Jimmy Garoppolo? What is the market looking like out there? Unfortunately for Jimmy G, the market doesn't look great, only because of the timing of it. Think of, think about it. Most rosters are set right now. Um, even even Baker Mayfield being traded to Carolina, which I knew was always going to happen, but they already have Sam Dart. Like if most teams have their QB room set. You can look at Seattle and say, well, they could clearly use a Jimmy G when your QB room has Geno Smith and, and Drew Locke, right? Um, it, I think at this point, what what teams are going to wait for is, is, is there a need? Unfortunately, will a quarterback get injured? Um, unless, because right now the Browns are the only team that have sort of the cap space to absorb Jimmy's contract, and that's one of the reasons the 49ers want to dump, not dump him, but move on from him because of that high salary. But I checked in with the Browns. I'm the Berea correspondent for ESPN. I checked in. Never say never, guys, because it's the NFL, but they have they weren't looking at Jimmy in the spring or the summer, and so it's very unlikely he even ends up there. So there aren't a lot. It almost feels like musical chairs. Like, now that we're at the end of July, like, all the chairs are gone pretty much for Jimmy G. So it's really going to take maybe a training camp injury and some desperation from another team. And maybe some weirdness in that 49ers locker room if they have to hold on mm-hmm. to him waiting for another quarterback to get injured. Kimberly A. Martin, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Coming up next, our two-a-days here at ESPN Radio continue with the team that had the number one seed in the AFC last season. But boy, does that feel like a long time ago. That's next. This is Canty and Carlin. 
We know Kyler Murray, he got paid. He got his wish from the Arizona Cardinals. And we know Kyler Murray had other options. One of those other options was an entirely different sport, by the way, Mike Wells, because let's not forget how talented Kyler Murray was coming out of college. Kyler Murray in the NFL is now set to make $46.1 million a year under his new contract extension once it kicks in with the Cardinals. The Oakland A's. The team that took Murray as the ninth overall pick in that 2018 Major League Baseball draft, their entire payroll this season, Mike Wells, $48.5 million. So Kyler is making almost per year as much as the entire team of the Oakland Athletics is spending on their payroll. It appears that Kyler Murray actually chose the right sport. We always say, well, you can make more money in baseball. Maybe not when you're a quarterback. No, you're go- you you the quarterback position and pass rushers are two positions. Those are the two most important positions in football, in my opinion. That's where you're going to make that top top dollar. But oh my God, Kyler Murray alone is simply making what didn't major in math in college, but it looked like two point four million less than the entire Oakland A's roster per year. It's holy, wild. Holy cow! That is crazy. Well, I mean, you know, the Oakland A's have always been cheap. Uh, the stadium mm-hmm. is, you know, borderline a dump. That's why there's rumors about them potentially moving to Las Vegas. But uh, Murray said, "Man, he clearly made the right decision." I don't even. I don't even think there was. He shouldn't even second guess himself off of it. Go play in some uh, a co-ed softball league or an, uh, an adult fast pitch league or something. Just if you got that baseball itch to want to hit a ball a little bit because. You were set financially. I am when I, I would imagine that this was actually not an easy decision for Kyler because I do think traditionally you're like, all right, go play the non-salary cap sport, right? Where the sky's the limit. Don't go into the NFL where you're far more limited. And it it's just the direction that that particular position that he happens to play in the NFL has now gone, where you can make such monster money at that quarterback position. Frankly, the money that they deserve, because I mean, that's the position that brings so much money into the NFL. Let's be real. They're the biggest stars in the NFL. They're the face of the NFL. And they're typically the face of their team and the leaders of their team. They're tasked with so much responsibility. So he's on the usual, unusual, unique circumstance that being good at that position has paid off far greater than it probably would have ever been if it ever looked like anything good in an Oakland A's uniform. So if Kyler did at one point struggle with that decision to play football, I'm here to tell you, Kyler Murray, that this deal is proof that you, in fact, made the right life decisions by playing football. This is ESPN Radio's NFL Two-A-Days, the Tennessee Titans. A.J. Brown, the ruggedness and physical style is what Mike Vrabel likes. You always hate when you lose one of your best players, so it definitely upset him. Ryan Tannehill, who the team was clearly disappointed by. Tennessee dipped its toes into the Aaron Rodgers waters. It dipped its toes into the Deshaun Watson waters. And when it couldn't get a deal done, it turned back to Ryan Tannehill, but still drafted Malik Willis. I have no problems with Malik, and we're competing against each other. I don't think it's my job to mentor him. Doesn't that music just get you in the mood for NFL season, Mike Wells? We are in the midst of our ESPN Radio NFL Two-A-Days. If you missed it earlier in the show, we broke down the Green Bay Packers for you. Check out the podcast on the ESPN app. But now it is time to break down the Tennessee Titans. And in order to do that, we call a little, we play a little game that we like to call SWAT Strengths. 
weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. What is your strength for this Tennessee Titans team as we head into 2022 NFL season? I got two of them, Amber. Hope I'm not cheating in this game. But the first one is Derrick Henry. The uh, I, I call he and Jonathan Taylor the Colts one and one a as far as best running backs in the NFL goes. I'm sorry, Madden ratings, you guys messed that one up. It is Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. But my other one is the most underrated head coach in the NFL, Mike Vrabel. The Titans are in the AFC South in the division where I cover the Colts, and so I've watched you know those two teams go play each other two times a year, and Mike Vrabel's coaching mentality is like how he played the game. I, I describe it as that guy who shows up at the construction site wearing a pair of Timberland boots, some ripped up jeans, and got that lunch pail and just comes to, wants to come and punch you in the mouth. The Tennessee Titans are not a pretty football team, but they go out and just go and play old school football, and that's how they do it. And I love Mike Vrabel. People don't talk about him, but he deserves more respect when it comes in the, when it comes to the head coaching rankings. We agree on the strength of this Tennessee Titans team because the reigning NFL Coach of the Year and Mike Vrabel is absolutely the strength of this team. I mean, you're talking about a team last season that when Derrick Henry went down with that fracture on his right foot, I mean, they really didn't miss a beat without Derrick Henry. They still, against all odds, earned that number one seed in the playoffs. And they didn't just have Derrick Henry problems when it came to injuries last season. Mike Vrabel, I mean, it's why he won Coach of the Year, right? I mean, Mike Vrabel absolutely proved his worth. And now he's got a vet team team returning. So until proven otherwise, uh, any team coached by Mike Vrabel uh, should not be counted out by any means. What is your biggest weakness for this team? Again, I'm cheating the game again, Amber. I'm going. With, I'm going with two. Who's going to step up and replace AJ Brown as Ryan Tannehill's go-to receiver? Which segues into my other weakness. I'm not a big believer in Ryan Tannehill. I do not buy the hype in Tannehill. Um, he is a quarterback. You know, he's a mobile court, mobile quarterback who throws on the run. But if I had to sit here and slide my chips in the middle of the table and say I'm rolling with Ryan Tannehill as my guy to lead me, I just can't afford to do it because I'm too cheap. I don't like losing money, and I have no faith in Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. Well, we agree again, Mike Wells, because my weakness for this Man, team— you're smart. You and I, we're pretty smart. We are. I, I Well, I concur, you know, uh, very objectively. So I also have Ryan Tannehill uh, and also who Ryan Tannehill is throwing to because trading a superstar or rising superstar maybe wide out in A.J. Brown, I mean, I think that that is a huge loss for this Tennessee Titans team. And I can tell you as somebody who spent, what, seven years watching Ryan Tannehill in a Miami Dolphins uniform— uh, it doesn't look the same if you don't have the right weapons around him. It looked so good when he got to Tennessee because, hey, Derrick Henry in the backfield and some monster receivers that he's throwing the football to, and all of a sudden Ryan Danahill goes from an average quarterback to uh, an above-average quarterback. And so that absence there of A.J. Brown, the durability issues concerning Derrick Henry as well. I mean, I think that that could be result in the weakness of the team and, and the exposure of Ryan Tannehill and his shortcomings. What is the opportunity for you for this Tennessee Titans team as we head into the 22-23 campaign? They play in the AFC South. Um, you know, there's only one team the Titans have to worry about, and that is the Indianapolis Colts. The um, Jacksonville Jaguars are slow. They're trying to rebuild and get things going with Trevor Lawrence, and now Doug Peterson is the head coach. I don't even want to talk about the Houston Texans. That's just how bad they are. So when you're when you only have one team to worry about to win the division, you win the division, you get you you get the automatic playoffs berth. So playing in the AFC South, despite 
the fact that the Titans are going to have to face the AFC West, which is the best division of football on paper this season. I still believe, you know, they have an opportunity to win a division and get back to the uh, to the postseason. So you're not absolutely willing to count out the Tennessee Titans just yet. Again, we are giving a lot of credit there to Vrabel and what he'd be able to do with some of these new pieces and young pieces on that team, which is my opportunity here. I mean, rookie Traylon Burks, you know, he's been compared to Debo Samuel. He's even been compared to A.J. Brown, frankly, in terms of yards that he's able to get after the catch. Ram Roberts, I mean, Robert Robert Woods from the Rams, he landed in Tennessee via trade. He had that ACL injury last season, but he has a real opportunity here uh, to show us more of what he's got if he's healthy. Kyle Phillips, a slot receiver, another rook. So there are some opportunities here for some of these young guys and new additions for this Tennessee Titans team to fill a large void left by A.J. Brown and to help elevate Ryan Tannehill's play. What is your biggest threat for this Titans team? Man, uh, that team that plays up Interstate 65, I-65, and that is going to be the Indianapolis Colts. That's going to be their biggest threat to stop them from continuing their run of dominating the AFC South. I just think the addition of Matt Ryan is going to be enough and put the Colts over top the Titans to make the playoffs. And if you if you don't win a division, the Tennessee Titans are not going to make the playoffs. As good as Mike Vrabel is, uh, the fact that the, the, AFC, the AFC is just so loaded that you get in the wild card spot is going to be hard to come by. So their threat is going to be the Colts. The threat for me also would be the Colts, although I have a couple threats and and one of them being the durability of this team because the Colts are definitely going to pass by the Tennessee Titans if this Titans team can't remain healthy. We saw what it looked like last season with so many injuries on this Titans team. And again, Ryan Tannehill is exposed when the weapons aren't around him and when the help in the backfield is not there. This team revolves around Derrick Henry as it should with his greatness. And although you're still talking about a guy where, you know, what, 10 touchdowns through seven plus games before, you know, he broke his foot. And despite playing less than half that season, he still finished ninth in NFL rushing Yards. I mean, remarkable numbers from Derrick Henry when he is healthy. The problem is at that position, when we've already seen the cracks in your health, it's hard to ever trust because of just the way bodies break down at that position in the NFL. And you and I had already talked about it before. I just don't believe in Ryan Tannehill enough without the right pieces. He's one of those quarterbacks in the NFL. He's good if the pieces around him are good. He can be bad if the pieces around him are bad. He's not not winning a game for you. He's not winning a game for you. He needs help in doing that. He's not a Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers. He's not overcoming the deficiencies there offensively if they can't stay healthy. So that's definitely, I think, the biggest threat to this team. This is Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson, and Mike Wells filling in for the guys. Coming up next, James Harden took less money to stay in Philadelphia. But wait until you hear from one of our NBA experts that thinks he has more that is thinks who has more pressure than Harden even this season. That's next.